This episode and all of our Sundance coverage is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. This week on the show, we have Jonathan Millot and Carrie Murnian, co-directors of Bushwick, a film that premiered in Sundance's Progressive Midnight section. The premise for the film may have seemed insane a decade ago when Milot and Murnian first came up with it, but now it doesn't seem so far-fetched. Brittany Snow plays Lucy, a woman who is making her way home in Bushwick while on break from grad school, only to get off the subway to realize that her Brooklyn neighborhood is under siege by an unknown enemy. It is later revealed that Texas and a handful of other states have seceded from the Union and are the force behind the attack. With the help of Stoop, a former Marine played by Dave Bautista, they attempt to fight their way through the city to get back to safety. For Milot and Murnian, the road to making Bushwick was paved by a ton of hard work and self-education. Neither went to film school, but through a series of successful short film competitions, they were able to capture the eye of a producer at South by Southwest. That led to a directing gig on the 2014 horror comedy Cooties. We discussed the steps they took to win that film and how their process of making a movie evolved once they had one in the can. I hope you enjoy. All right, so I am here at Sundance with the co-directors of Bushwick. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves so the listeners can get accustomed to your voice. Hi, my name is Carrie Murnian. And I'm Jonathan Millot. Okay, so your first movie was Cooties, right? Can you talk about how you got into the position to make that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So we had, John, so just a little bit of history that kind of leads up to that is that John and I went to school um, for uh, animation and design at Parsons School of Design in New York. We did not go to, go to uh, school for film, but um, we always, I think we always wanted to. It's almost like, I think we felt we could have gone to film school, but doing graphic design was more practical. You get a job maybe afterwards. At least that's maybe how I thought of it. Oh, yeah. And um, Well, I started in art, fine yeah, art fine school, arts, okay. and I had a panic attack and went to graphic design. So, you know, going, f- yeah, art and film school is kind of the same, like, you know, what the hell are you gonna do when you graduate? Yeah, but, yeah. absolutely. So then, so we graduated together and we started a business um, doing design, successful business, but we always, just on the side, we'd, we'd do short films, a lot of animation, and then we also would do these kind of experimental live action films, because I think that's where we wanted to eventually go. And so it was back um, in the early 2000s and we did a short film that Nike had seen and they contacted us and they gave us an opportunity to uh, pitch them to, to direct a, a short film. They picked uh, 10 different directors to do, it was called The Art of Speed, and they asked directors to pitch them an idea about how to do a short film, that how to do a speed, and they gave each of us a, a theme, and ours was endurance. So it was cool for us because we pitched them an idea and they gave us money, they gave us 20 grand to make this film. To, and make, a, to make a short, Short right? film, yeah. Okay, wow. And so it was like film school for us. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we wanted to try something new and we hadn't done, I think they thought we we're gonna do an animation, but then we thought, let's, let's do a live action. Let's see what we can do here. And we pitched an idea. It was called The Shortest Race. And uh, the whole race from start to finish is 39.9 inches. So we kind of flipped this endurance on its head. Like, let's do something that's the opposite of endurance and make something kind of cool out of it. So we did a documentary, like a faux documentary, kind of in the best of show kind of style, where we had some actors, some real people, and we interviewed them. And then they really had to win this race and they had we had seven hundred dollars at the end to kind of for the winner i know i will will. (laughs) but uh so then that kind of led to doing short films and we did um boob which was uh a company was trying to do they were asking directors to do short films to go in front of uh featured films and they gave us i think it was 
like it was like 20 grand and they said we could do something rated r if we wanted to and we're like well this is our opportunity to do something like to use that so we thought of this idea to do um a movie called boob which you can look up online um be careful though yes <laughs> yeah uh, bad search words <laughs> yeah. boob yeah. boob movie um uh and it's about a boob that comes alive nice. and it uh terrorizes the uh the hospital tries to escape and gets out and dies and for us it was kind of like again like kind of making everything we thought everything in horror movies have come alive in, in the history like we hadn't seen a boob come alive yet so let's let's try to do that so that film got around we went to south by southwest and it got to um this guy named todd brown who now is part of xyz films and he knew elijah wood and his partners at specter vision and they were looking for directors for cooties and it's cooties is this kind of mix of horror and comedy and so is our short film and so uh they passed along our short film to elijah and he watched it and they loved it and we had they didn't give us the film we had to pitch for it they were looking at i think four or five directors um they gave us a script kind of a very secret script they're working on with you know lee wanell ian brennan who are from saw and glee uh, wrote the script together and we had to go out to la and we had to you know we worked i say we worked for about three months on like a pitch book to kind of to win to try to win the movie and we went out there, pitched to them. And we went to the wrong address and were late for our pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, that's that's one thing to learn. Use your GPS in a good way. <laughs> um, and we got there and we uh, it was it was great. It was like a like a true like pitch um, experience in Hollywood where you go into the, into this big conference room. Um, Elijah was not there, but it was his partners were there, and then both Lee Wanell and Ian Brennan were both there. And they were working with um, some big producers who came in. We had to kind of run the room. We had to kind of go through our pitch book. And we also had a sizzle reel, which we took, you know, different films and kind of put together what we thought the tone would be for this film. And so we pitched and they loved it. And then we heard it was not like for another year that um, was it? it was like a year, right? Yeah. The funding was not together. Yeah. So, so did you get the film? Did you get the film? Before? No, it no, wasn't like they kind of said, waiting. like, we're waiting and we thought we hadn't got it. And we heard other people might have got it, but it was never official. And so we, we kind of thought it had, had passed, but it wasn't officially done. And we check in with them. We say, oh, how is that film coming? And they'd say, well, you know, it's come along and, you know, we'll keep in touch. And then it wasn't until the year later where we got a call that they were deciding they had the money come out to LA no no it was like a call and like a Sunday afternoon like can you come out to LA tomorrow and we're well yeah so we literally jumped on a plane and ran out there and then we didn't quite realize that the funding still wasn't together so we got out there and probably spent another few weeks uh, or even longer than that getting the you know making sure the funding was in place doing more interviews talking to financiers and then kind of getting then we started getting stars like so Rain Wilson on once board. Once you were attached to the project, did more funding come in because you guys were attached? We had to prove. Yeah, because we, we, we you know we were we were yeah, established, yeah. so right. it was more like we had to prove to them that they could invest in us. I see. And then after that was done, you know, Elijah was the only actor who was attached uh, to begin with, and you, you kind of learn more and more that to get movies financed, either you know there's a couple of ways, but the script can be genius that they you know whatever they can just invest money in the script. But mostly, it's that the when the actors, who the actors are, and this was a this is a movie that was under ten million, and they had to get a certain kind of group of actors that they thought could f- make this movie work. So for, Elijah was on. Yeah. For example, you know, this is just kind of fake 
you know, fake points or whatever you want to call it, but say like Elijah is like a thousand points and you need 4,000 points to get your money made. So then we'd need an actor who's worth, you know, 500 points or something like that. And that's obviously simplifying it a lot. There's a lot more that goes into it, but it did, it does come down to that for certain financiers and the financiers need all those points for the actors to add up for the foreign sales, the domestic sales and all this stuff. And so we didn't really know any of that coming in. We were like, let's make this movie. What's the delay? But was that your responsibility to get those actors? Uh, we had to, yeah, 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 we had we to had go to, meet with them. Yeah. yeah, like they get them on board. Get them right. on board, and, right. and, and so Rain Wilson was the next one. We really had to kind of go and meet with him. He was the next big actor that came on, and then it kind of was the other supporting actors. And we went to every single one of them, mm-hmm. and gradually they all kind of signed on to do it. And it, you know, it's an ensemble piece that really depended on all these actors kind of working together, and they all. They all kind of, some of them knew each other, which was nice. Um, we were filming in LA, which helped us because they all lived there and they thought, let's do a movie in LA together. So that was part of it was us proving to them. And then I think they were kind of like, some of them, we wanted to get the tone right with them. They, they were they read the script and they wanted to see how we were gonna approach it. So we had to kind of get them. And that, I think, especially, you know, for maybe your listeners that haven't done any films before, you know, obviously they could see our short film, which is really important for actors working with directors. They wanna see that you've done something. So doing anything, I think, to be able to show your, your skills is important. But, you know, our lookbook was pretty extensive at the time. For and that, cooties, yeah. Yeah, that showed our, uh, you know, the tone, the style and and Our of course influences. yeah and of course discussing that with them but that helped a lot so how did you uh, go about compiling that lookbook like what did you include as far as like physically like pictures yeah. of previous movies yeah, and, and it came from uh, so the experience we worked a lot in advertising we do we do commercials and that was how we, we you'd win commercials you put together a lookbook you, you pitch to agencies you get it so we knew kind of like at least how to start doing it and you, it's Pretty much had a background in production yeah, at the time. Yeah, um, so we knew that that was a way to do it, and we, you go through the whole thing. You go through theme. You go through the movies that you think are good influences, like the mashup of movies. And we had our mashup was, um, Raising Arizona, Gremlins, Train Spotting, and Die Hard. Was Die Hard? No, that wasn't no. in the original. I think those like the main three. No horror. No, that was the thing. Like we uh, was well Gremlins. Gremlins like for us like. Horror comedy. Horror Grand comedy. Yeah. That's one of the better, like, hor- like, there's not a lot of good horror. We didn't do Shaun of the Dead because that was, it, it didn't really fit. And there wasn't other, like, there's not a lot of good horror comedies out there. And so I think that for us, Gremlins was a good parallel to these kids, you know, coming out and like, and kind of cute little kids who are fighting back. So those are our three. And we, I think we surprised them with something like Raising Arizona and Trainspotting, where it wasn't your three or four horror films. It was like, you know, comedy, you know, visual, a lot of good visuals, which they really want to do with Cooties. Um, and that's how we kind of want it. So we go through that. And you also go through locations and everything, props, actors, uh, actors you know, you suggest characters. Um, but the thing that we found since then, which is, you know, it's been a few years since we did that original pitch to now and having done a lot more commercials is that the commercial lookbook is different that you really do a lot more writing you know, you would really get into depth about how, you know, the, the themes and the, a lot of more writing. Whereas I feel like the lookbook for films is more about you do uh, inspiration and kind of, uh, you wouldn't write as much. You would get the images and then talk about it. More yeah. visual and then like yeah. Cause you're, it. Because you're yeah. in the room pitching rather yeah. than just handing it off. In advertising, you, you kind of hand off the lookbook and you don't, and you hear if you got it. This one, you're there pitching in the room. So then let's move on to yeah. Bushwick yep. because now you guys have an established film. Yeah. 
you've had it in mind for quite a while. Did you have like a script written? Yeah, so the, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Bushwick, we had started before Cooties, at least the development of it. So we had this idea to do Bushwick like seven years ago. So Bushwick was filmed in these long takes and we had to prove that we could film these long takes. So we were about to do a sample scene for Bushwick. Uh, we had producers on board who wanted to do it. And that's when Cooties came. Uh, they'd seen our short film, they asked us to do it. So we took a pause on Bushwick, filmed Cooties, you know, did the whole thing with that, we went to Sundance with that, Lionsgate bought it, it, it went out. That was great. So after Cooties was done, we thought, let's, let's get back to Bushwick. We really want to do that. It's, a, it's nothing like Cooties. We didn't want to be pegged as like the horror comedy guys. Let's do that. So Cooties both helped and also confused people. And that's something to learn as a director as well, because you know, it helped to establish that we'd done something. Like we have, you know, if you looked up our name, we had a movie, it had gone the sun, that all helped. But it did also confuse, not uh, mostly actors, because they would, you know, they'd read the script, which was more of a serious kind of script yeah. for Bushwick, and then they'd watch Cooties, and they'd come back to us and say, wait, is this gonna be a comedy? And we'd say, no, no, it's not at all. So we had to prove to them, or not prove, but we had to kind of talk it through with them and describe our tone for Bushwick and that so Cooties again it, it helped and also kind of confused people but I also think in the end I was talking to some of our producers last night on um, for Bushwick and they did say how much it helped it really did help solidify some actors and some financing that we had done a feature before so um, you know I, it, I definitely think there's many levels but in, in the end of course if you have a feature it, it helps but it does it, like Carrie said it, it probably confused because we want to do something so different but at least it got us uh, the chance to talk to them and like that's that's the big thing if we didn't have cooties they might have not have even had a chance to call us up and then we can explain ourselves to actors and producers does the point system still exist in this scenario oh yeah oh yeah Very yeah and, so, in, yeah. and on this and for Bushwick we you know because it's our idea and we're executive producers on Bushwick we have much more control over it. You know, Cooties was kind of a director's for hire. Right. Um, but for so. instance, with, with casting, um, and I think any movie, that it, it comes down to, you know, we would come down with a short list of who we think would be perfect for the, some of the main parts. Oh, the point. Oh, your points. Yeah. Thing. Oh, okay. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. I was talking about points on the back end. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's so, okay, you know, yeah. we would say like, well, we want these three guys and we'd send this out to the the producers and the agents and the the financiers and it would be like we definitely can't do these two guys yeah. and you'd be like well i don't understand this guy is in you know he just got a golden globe or something like why can't he and they say well he doesn't have any um you know international international so you're like okay um but it, like everything with film i think there's um sometimes you go down routes that you don't necessarily think and it takes you to a place that can be better and uh you know i think that happens sometimes, you know, with, with, with casting to locations to anything. This episode and all of our Sundance coverage is brought to you by Rode Microphones, 100% Australian owned and made professional microphones for studio and broadcast, and My Rode Reel, the world's largest short film competition. Now in its fourth year running, with over 500K in prizes given away so far, My Rode Reel is back, bigger, and better in 2017. More films, new judges, and more prizes. To view past winners and register for 2017, head to myroadreel.com and sign up now. Well, then let's get into the production of Bushwick yeah. because you guys started talking about it in the Q&A last night and it sounds crazy because yeah. you did it, what, in 15 days? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we shot it 15 days, uh, which is short for any film, yeah. let alone like a feature that has that's very complicated to shoot. 
um, and on location, right. which is hard. But I mean, so the thing was, we did these long takes, and what we would do is a ten minute take is ten pages. So if you can do that, you know, getting ten pages in a day is not bad for a feature film. So if we could, you know, articulate that one shot and it gets ten pages done, then we're doing pretty good. Yeah, and you said, you know, talk a little bit about the. I don't know, why are they doing that? <laughs> They're doing like a party yeah. session. It's weird. All right. Hey, it's a party yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk about uh, the decision. Did you always know that it was going to be like a long shot movie or was that something that, oh yeah, because you said you had the you had the initial idea for it, yeah, right? Yeah, it always was. I mean, the original idea was to do like a, a real one take. Yeah. Like one long take. And like Victoria. Like Victoria. Like, right. Yeah. Right. And... Then as we we moved along with the script, we didn't we felt like we didn't want to be stuck with that, yeah. um, because we didn't want to be following people too much. We wanted to kind of use cuts in kind of unique in, in in certain ways. So we thought, look, we still it could still be authentic in that feeling of it. More like we think of gravity is like that. Like I think you feel gravity is sort of like a one take, but yeah, it's not. There are like a lot of hard cuts in there, but you still have that feeling. Kind of Birdman too. Well, Birdman. Well, they try to make. You know, there's there's two cuts in Birdman. There's like beginning where they cut in and yeah. at the end. Yeah. But then the whole middle is they stitch it all together right. as one take. And then I think so we we thought about something like that, but then we did actually go back to like there's a few plate there's nine hard cuts in the film and we use those as in very strategic places. And again, we didn't want to be stuck with the format. We didn't want the format to overrule the content. So how do you yeah. go about planning that as directors? Yeah. We planned it um by the, a lot of it was location, I think, because we had our script, and I think that the way they wrote the script was, um, they they kind of wrote it as one take. There wasn't, maybe they built, maybe from the school they had a um, built-in one hard cut, but mostly they wrote it as one take, and we would then went in and decided where to cut, depending on where the locations were. And that kind of took a process where we had a certain five-block radius in mind in, in Bushwick, and they got most of it which was kind of amazing. And then the, some places that they couldn't secure, we like, you know, for instance, the ch- there's a church scene and the, the exterior of the church is in Bushwick. We go in the church and the interior is in Clinton Hill, yeah. which is a whole other neighborhood. And so that, some of those things we had to kind of use depending on location. Yeah. But the, I think, you know, I was saying at the screening last night is that we filmed it three times. So pre-vis, basically. Um, we did a, a really rudimentary pre-vis with just Carrie, myself, and the uh, DP. And uh, we just kind of went to the locations when we were pretty sure we had them and started walking through it, started blocking it, started figuring out how are we going to film for 10 minutes and not have the camera just sitting in the corner staring at these actors or how are we going to not have the camera just ping-ponging between the actors' faces, you know, like so we we did that and then we did a few weeks of rehearsal with the actors with bigger more you know more of the crew and we really kind of locked it in more and then on the day of the shoot we actually spent probably half the day rehearsing so the, you know it wasn't a typical shoot day even it was like mostly a rehearsal day because then you do four or five takes of a 10 minute you know shot and then that would be it so in the end how much like footage how many hours of footage did you have to work with it's, it's not a lot not a lot because it and, was mostly rehearsal time yeah, yeah. And, and and for us it's it was this thing where you we had to edit before the movie was done I mean, before, before we shot the movie I right mean, like we, you can't think oh let's get a bunch of coverage and see what kind of works we had to have every single piece in there like fitting together before it was done and that's how we had kind of made it work and and it, 
interestingly, it was very rare that we were, there was like two or three takes that we like couldn't decide between. It was usually that's the take. We're using that one as no question. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. It seems like that challenge really maybe helped like helped you yeah, it did. in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know the actors, I know the, the camera operators love it. I know the actors love it. Everybody on the, you know, on set loves knowing that what you're doing is going to be seen because if you're shooting coverage, the actors don't know how much is going to get cut out. The cameramen don't know, you know, they just did this amazing camera move and it's, it's going to get cut. Yeah, of yeah. course it's going to cut cause you got to cut for time. But uh, with this, it's pretty much all there. Let's talk about the camera work a little bit because it was really incredible. Your it was amazing. D- your yeah. DP is on fire right yeah. now. So the, um, yeah, the, the DP is Lyle Vincent. Uh, we worked with him on Cooties, and then he also he's he uh, did the um, he shot a girl walks home alone at night, which was a big uh, Sundance yeah, hit yeah, yeah. during our, uh, a couple years ago. And then he did uh, Anna Lily's other his, her new movie Bad, Bad Batch, um, and he also is here with Thoroughbred uh, in Sundance. Each one of them is a completely different style. Yeah. Like Cooties is different than Bushwick, which is different than Girl Walks Home, which is different than Thoroughbred. And then so, he shoots our commercials too, which are mostly like comedy. comedy. Yeah. So, so totally different. So he's a genius. Um, we worked, we we knew we'd use him for the movie. We did all our, as John said, we did all the testing footage with him. And so he was a big part of how the movie looked and how it all worked. We, you know, we didn't go in thinking, oh, let's do it on movie. You know, we thought we first thought we'd do Steadicam. We used Steadicam. We didn't want it to feel like a doc kind of style. We wanted to kind of be more smooth shots. And then he looked into the movie and he got this great com- uh, camera operator named Frank Larson, who had worked with him on a couple of projects. And they worked out this whole system of of how the movie worked, how to pass the movie to to different operators as to make it all kind of seamless. And it was just um, we we had we can't imagine doing something with like that without them because they're just so amazing. So the Movi was literally in one take, like in one long take, it would be passed from camera operator to camera operator? Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple, like uh, there's one scene in the beginning of the movie where we go inside a, um, an alleyway in Bushwick and we're following Lucy, you know, Brittany Snow down the, down in the, down the alley. And you can kind of see that there's this drop off um, about maybe 12 feet um, down into some backyards of some apartment buildings. So she's going along, the camera's following her, she gets chased down, and we had someone hidden behind, kind of down underneath behind the wall, and they pass it off to that to the other operator, and then he followed her down into the basement of a building. So we were going from the street into an alley, into backyards, down to a basement, all pretty seamless. And I hope what it also looks like, it's not like a wow, it's not like, uh, not showing off. No, no, no. It should just feel like natural. Yeah, you, you almost don't notice it. Yeah, yeah. hopefully is, you don't notice which it. Which is funny. Yeah. Hopefully you don't notice it too much. And we don't have, we have like maybe one or two shots I think are are like a little bit more stylized. Like there's one we go up into a window and zoom in a window. But otherwise, you hopefully you just don't feel it. You just kind of feel like you're with the character and the camera's just floating around there. It's like, you know, you guys know 40X? Have you heard of that 40X cinema? Where no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you're, you're like Any moving. Any points to put it out in that? Oh, that'd be pretty <laughs> rad, yeah. Was with with some smells of Bushwick, too? Yeah. <laughs> the wind, yeah. The but canal. I, I think this was probably the first whole movie completely filmed on a movie yeah. in Alexa Mini. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, we're running out of time here, so wrapping up, I just want to get your your best piece of advice for emerging filmmakers um, trying to make it into the game. Yeah, I think it's just perseverance, um, realizing that movies take a long time to get going. Um, don't, if someone says no, 
that's not like there's you're gonna hear lots of no's so just keep on if you believe in it uh usually it'll come i think you have to be uh, you have to have a good idea but i think you really have to persevere because there's so many people trying to make movies and it can be so easy to kind of just drop off and i think if we hadn't kept on going with this it could have easily not ever happened yeah and i i think you know it's, it's cliche it's basically just do there's no reason not to do anymore but i also think um one of the things that we always did kind of you know like this with this movie it's not really the reason to use the movie and you know that's not why we're making the movie but there is a lot of cool new stuff out there you know learn vr learn some of this new stuff that the old filmmakers can't do and you're immediately ahead of uh, you know so many other people that are you know stuck doing the old stuff so if you're a young filmmaker you're still learning anyway so just learn more of the new stuff and you know see how you can create new visuals in in ways that no one has ever seen before and that will be i think a way to really differentiate yourself and you know make your make yourself stand out i think that one more thing to follow up your your background doing like multiple shorts mm-hmm. on your own like, yeah through Help. production oh man it helps so much and because we know the process we know how a movie can get made from start to finish and a short films so when we got on the feature films we kind of we were able to kind of see how that process worked. And how did you that initial short? Like, what was the like experience like for that? How did you get that going? Well, actually, it's funny because the, the Nike one, we we really hadn't done any. We had done a little bit of live action, but we didn't know what a producer was. We didn't know what a production company was, and we needed to actually get a camera. We needed a slow motion film camera. Yeah. And so we called up the camera company, we looked online, found a camera company, said, we want that slow motion company. And they're like, well, do you have a producer that we can talk to? And we said, no. So we essentially got this camera company to almost produce our film because we had no idea what we're doing. Yeah. So we just did it. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the key takeaway from that was we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't know any of the rules or any of, we didn't know anything and we just did it. And somehow we made a movie. Awesome. So and now you're here. Now yeah, you're second time. Yeah, two for two. For yeah, some oh, yeah. cool. Can't wait to yeah. see the next one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, thanks, guys. It's Thank been you. It's great. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. Great. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the No Film School podcast and rate us if you like us. We'll be back for Indie Film Weekly on Thursday. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me at Jim underscore John underscore Jim at Twitter, and we'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>